Welcome back. Let's continue our discussion of the spousal benefit. The spousal benefit is a filing strategy for married couples. It's a strategy in which even though you you receive an earnings and benefits statement from the Social Security Administration, you actually don't file for that. So even though they send you this letter that says this is what your benefit is and it's based on your work history, you actually don't file for that. You ignore it. You actually file on the earnings record of your spouse. And you do that because you can receive more money. Uh, This is the most important filing strategy for a married couple. It's actually the strategy that I see the most mistakes in because I find very few people are even aware of a spousal benefit. It's not something that you're going to go into the Social Security office and they're going to tell you about this. Um, They're going to talk to you about your own earnings record, but they're not going to talk to you about filing for the record filing on the record of your spouse Uh, this most of these strategies that we're going to talk about today and over the next few weeks are strategies based on filing on the social security number of someone else they're based on filing on the earnings record of someone else so they're not immediately obvious to most people they're just opportunities to receive more money than your own work history so spousal benefits are there for married couples have been married one year or more in which one spouse is collecting a benefit. And the benefit amount is equal to 50% of your spouse's benefit at full retirement age. So if that 50% is greater than your own, it is an advantage for you to, and you will receive more money than your own benefit. The most important part about the filing strategy for married couples is just knowing the numbers. I mentioned going to the Social Security's website. I mentioned getting the earnings benefit, earnings and benefits statement for yourself and your spouse. That's really all you need to determine whether or not this is going to be a helpful or it's not going to be helpful in those situations. It's just simple math. It's 50% of your spouse's benefit greater than your own. Now, I mentioned, I mentioned before that there's a second situation that we use spousal benefits. The first situation was, is when we have a couple in which we have a high income and a low income. So we have a high benefit and a low benefit. So this is an opportunity for the lower, for the lower benefit to receive more money. But what about in situations where a couple, where both, both, both spouses have more of a work history, have a higher benefit? So it's not necessarily higher or lower doesn't necessarily have to be the same, but there isn't so much of a disparity between the two benefits. So what in those situations, what we can also use a spousal benefit to take advantage of the exception uh, that the government gives us for the deemed filing rules and receive more money. Now I mentioned before deemed filing. The new standard for Social Security is that we don't have the ability to pick and choose our benefits. When we file, that's pretty much it. We don't really have the ability to file a certain way and to turn around and change that at a future date. However, they left some exceptions. And the first exception that we're going to talk about is an exception for married couples. In this, this situation, we're talking about something called restricted application. And a restricted application is a type of filing application that you use with the Social Security Administration that you restrict your benefits. This is the only real situation that you can do this. So you have the opportunity when you go down to the Social Security's office to file for your benefits while reducing the scope of what you receive. 
So with a restricted application, you actually go down and you do exactly what the word says, restrict. You actually tell the Social Security Administration you only want to receive spousal benefits, even though you're eligible for your own benefit. And by doing that, you're going to allow your own benefit to continue to increase until age 70. Most of you are probably aware of the delayed retirement credits that take place between full retirement age and 70. It's an 8% of a year increase. A lot of people want to take advantage of that. This is a way that you can take advantage of a spousal benefit in the meantime without sacrificing your age 70 benefit. So if you qualify for this exception, you can do that. For those that don't qualify for the exception, again, they're under the deemed filing rules. So once you file, that's it. You don't have the ability to pick and choose. So if you were to file for a spousal benefit, when you come back at age 70 and you go down to the Social Security's office and ask for the higher benefit, they're going to say, oh, no, sir, you've, you've been receiving that. They didn't increase your benefit. So this is the only way that this happens. So a restricted application is one in which you file for spousal benefits only at full or retirement age, a full retirement age, and then you come back at age 70 and file for your own benefits. So when you file, you don't take your own benefit, even though you're eligible, because you're going to be eligible for your benefit at age 62 or older. You collect the spousal benefit at retirement age while delaying your own benefit. Then at age 70, you switch to your own benefit. So let me repeat that. So when you file with a restricted application, you do not take your own benefit, your own benefit that's based on your work history, even though, that you, even though you are eligible for that. You tell the Social Security Administration that you only want the spousal benefit while leaving your own benefit alone so the delayed retirement credits uh, will increase that amount. You collect that spousal benefit in the interim time period while delaying your own benefit. Then you switch to your own benefit later. Now what does that allow you to do? I, I see numerous situations where someone is still working and their plan is to work until age 70 and file for their Social Security, which, which is fine, but they could also be receiving half of their spouse's benefit in the meantime. So it could be some extra money coming in. But this is a strategy that's only available to anybody that was born before 1954. So you have to be eligible for a spousal benefit in general, which is an eligibility of one year or more of marriage, uh, age 62, but you also have to turn age 62 by 1231-15. If you were born and, and you turn 62 by 1231-15, you are eligible for this restricted application. For those that were born later, they're not going to have an opportunity of doing that. Now let me give you a couple examples of how this might be used, and, and these are real-life examples of situations that I see. Um, I recently met a couple in which one couple was on disability and had been on disability for a number of years. The other couple, the other spouse was continuing to work, and the plan was to work till age 70. Well, right then, that spouse was eligible, the one that was continuing to work, was eligible for one half of the other spouse's disability benefit. They could have been receiving it right then. It was money that was just being left on the table. They could have received without sacrificing their plan, which was to wait till age 70. 
Um, one spouse had been disabled for a number of years, did not have a lot of work history, so it wasn't a large disability benefit, but they still could have collected half of it. In addition to that, well, while not sacrificing what the benefit was at age 70. This is a restricted application uh, technique, and it's important that you understand restricted application because I want to cover that in future weeks um, associated with other benefits such as a divorce benefit. And the second thing that I want to share with you, um, I mentioned before that this is the single biggest reason why people, this is the single biggest way that people leave money on the table when filing for Social Security benefits. Some of that is just because most people are married, but it's also because most people don't even know about this benefit. I mentioned before that this is something that that is not on your earning statement. It's something that you don't know anything about. The Social Security office is not really going to tell you. You have to know that this is going to be a benefit for you. I recently did a seminar in Gardendale where I had a lady follow up with me relating to this particular strategy, this 1954 strategy. She went down to the, I helped her, she went down to the Social Security's office, she filed for her benefits. Uh, she wanted to file this restricted application um, benefit. And, and, and what the Social Security worker said is, how did you know that you could do this? I don't know anybody that knows how to do this. And her response was, well, I went to a seminar. And, and I learned how she do it. And she said almost no one that she meets knows anything about this and knows anything about this exception. So just to summarize and close out this week's session, uh, the Born Before 1954 strategy uh, is an additional exception that's available. Uh, spousal benefits are available to everyone who have been married for one year or more. But for somebody that turns 62 by 12, 31, 15, they have the opportunity of receiving a spousal benefit while coming back and filing for their own benefit at a later date. You've been listening to Insights with Philip Wilson, an Alabama registered investment advisor. Learn more by visiting his website at ssmistakes.com or by calling 205-868-9297.